You're listening to The Fitness Lounge, where we discuss in-depth everything from fitness, health, wellness, and mindset. Whether you're just beginning your fitness journey or you've been involved in fitness for years, we have a little something for everyone. So just sit back, lounge for a bit with us, and enjoy. And now for your hosts, Nick Messer and Ben Miller. Hi, welcome back to the Fitness Lounge. I'm your host, Nick Messer. With Ben Miller. And today we are going to be talking about the best split routine for you. I would say for most people, when they get started, the one of the biggest questions is, what should I do? How often should I do it? Mm -hmm. how, you know, how should I structure my, my week? Um, and so what we want to do is we wanted to spend some time today talking about, okay, what is going to be the best way for you to allocate your time in the gym Right. Where should you be focusing? What body parts should you be training? How should you be combining these uh, throughout your week? Mm -hmm. So um, before we get started, though, just want to let you know if this is your first time tuning in with us, uh, we do have a slew of other episodes in the back in the backlog. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. So that way you can go ahead and get registered for all those other back episodes as well. And um, let's get started. You know, yeah. first <laughs> It's been what almost two weeks now. Probably closer to three. It's it's yeah. been a bit, and you and so for our loyal listeners, you probably noticed that uh, we we ended up taking about a week off from posting episodes, and a lot of that was just just life comes yeah. up, and you know, being that we we do this, uh, you know, at this point in time, basically at, at no payment or anything, we don't charge, mm -hmm. and um, so we we kind of had to juggle with full time jobs. It's kind of just the nature of the beast with yeah. it. Oh yeah. So first off, we want to say thank you for your patience, but we wanted to get right back at it. Today's actually a, a special day for us, a little <laughs> milestone day because we are going to uh, have our very first um, shoot for our new YouTube series that's going to be coming out here in the near future, and that's going to be titled Pump Sweat and Mirrors. And so we're doing our first first. Uh, uh, shoot today on that and I'll be releasing more information when we are going to release that pilot episode. So stay tuned on that. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, definitely go get subscribed now, the fitness lounge podcast. Um, so that way you can go ahead and, and follow us there as well. I'll try not to get my sweat on the mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Please don't just be flicking it, flicking my sweat, <laughs> flinging it. You're just, just, Oh, with all your hair, with that all you the have, hair I have, yeah. just pulling a Fabio. Yeah, I'm put it in a ponytail and whip it around. That would be the world's smallest rubber band to hold that ponytail. <laughs> Can't find any hair there. All right. So split routines. I think the answer to the question of what is the best split routine for me, the answer has to be like most things in fitness. It depends. Yeah. It really depends on uh, a lot of factors. I think one of the first factors is where are you at in your fitness journey? Mm -hmm. You know, how far have you progressed physically? What kind of training have you done in the past? Um, but the, I would say the other factor is time. Yeah. I was going to say time and what your goals are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're going to talk about this from the perspective of assuming that your goal is to, uh, gain strength or build muscle. 
because what we're going to be talking about today from a split routine perspective is is really geared towards resistance training. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go into so much of, okay, well, you should add in cardio this day. And, you know, this is when you should, you know, be, be training, you know, explosive training or whatnot. We're simply going to be talking about resistance training. When should you be lifting what should you be training with those lifts you know, as far as whether it's body parts or movements or so on and so forth. And in our previous episodes, we talked about the difference between training for strength and training for size. So we've already covered in the past episode, um, rep ranges, right. weights. And so if it, to add to this episode, I would go back and listen to that one because that'll give a deeper dive, uh, on the back end of what this one will be. This one's more of an overview of, okay, if I'm looking at my calendar, how am I programming my fitness right. into it? So based on what your schedule is, exactly. So um, the the obvious we're gonna go with the assumption that you have seven days a week available to you that you can do some sort of fitness, whether it's thirty minutes, an hour, hour and a half, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go based off that assumption. Obviously, if you you know, if you're kind of like my wife traveling four or five days a week and you only have two days a week that you can do it, mm-hmm. that's going to di- dictate a different structure. So for the sake of this yeah, podcast, that's a big episode, change too. it is, it's a massive yeah. change and you've really got to get hyper-focused on mm-hmm. those shorter, um, shorter schedules. So to not dive too deep into that today, we'll do a different episode on that later. This episode is going to go under the premise that, Hey, in some way, form or fashion, you've got seven days available to you that you can work out. So from a beginner standpoint, I think we would both agree that if you're just starting out, never done fitness, whether you're in your teens, your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, doesn't matter. The first area that you should approach a program with is going to be more full body training yeah hitting everything in one way form or fashion you know anywhere from two to three times a week so that your body gets acclimated adjusted and gets used to just simply moving. yeah you don't want to go in and overdo your whole body each time correct but and there's and there's movements out there and things you can do that can actually work multiple Muscles at the same time. Absolutely. You know, deadlift, squats. Yeah. So co- compound movements, yeah. gr- what they call gross motor movements, which means you're moving multiple body parts, multiple joints in a single motion. Squats, deadlifts, jumps, mm-hmm. pull-ups. Um, even things like bench press are technically considered a gross motor movement. Right. Even though you're technically really only working through two joints, they consider that a gross motor movement. But things like lunges, anything that's going to incorporate um, – Staying on your feet and using your legs for the most part is going to fall into a gross motor movement at some point other than standing calf raises. Right. Right. So, um, and and the reason we, we say that you should start there is because if your body is so used to being sedentary, it's not used to moving. The last thing you need to do is you don't need to get hyper-focused on this party body part or that body part you've got to get them moving in conjunction firing the the central nervous uh, system signaling that everything needs to fire at the same time and in a certain pattern and in the right way that's hard to do for some people that start off because i know when i started lifting weights i was always like man i want to get a big chest and that's Mm -hmm. you know boom focused on that only i didn't look at everything else or you know some guys want to have big arms or big legs you know whatever the case may be you know they just get real focused on that one when they start and like you're saying, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do that. No, it's not, it's not that it's detrimental. It's just not 
the most optimal path right. for you to yeah. go to get there. It seems like it would be right. You think straight line of sh- you know shortest distance between two points. I want to you know start training, yep. get a big chest, maybe just to train chest. That's not really how the body adapts though. Mm-hmm. And so the the question I get when I have people ask me, well, okay, so are we talking about doing like body weight movements? Or are we talking about doing machines? Like, should I jump on the machines and do every machine for each body part? I would say that again, that depends for the average person that doesn't suffer from, um, joint pains or anything like that. And regard or, or prior injuries, correct. Prior yeah. injuries. Um, those things will always dictate whether you need to get into, okay, more of a machine base. Um, but I would absolutely say whether you're talking about going into, you know, body weight movements like body weight squats, mm-hmm. you know, push ups, lunges, pull-ups. things like that. Yeah. Assisted pull-ups or mm-hmm. something. For most people I would, you know, I think of in some instances, I think of the people who are 250, 300, 400 pounds, a pull-up is going to be near impossible the very, yes. right out the gate. Um, but doing body weight squats, doing lunges, um, doing even if it's, you know, assisted push-ups, you know, on the mm-hmm. knees or something, those are all going to be things that you should get really good at first. And I don't mean good at as far as becoming the master perfectionist, right. but you need to make sure you have proper form. Right. You need to get past the point that your body is sore from those exercises. Yep. Um, so doing a lot of those repetitions, getting the practice in, um, because if you are the, the, three or 400 pound person who's saying, I'm just not getting into it. You're already carrying a lot of weight on you. You don't need to be stacking more on. You've got enough resistance. You can body weight is for, for someone like them is almost like loading up a, a, a bar for someone like us, Mm -hmm. you know, they're moving roughly about the same amount of weight. So, um, but in, in, as you mentioned, if you have injuries, um, yeah, going in and, and and maybe if you have shoulder injuries, yeah, so maybe gonna, you do body weight yeah. squats, but yep. then you go focus on some more isolated machines that are less of a pressure and don't require so much stability in that joint. Yeah, because that's going to limit you on a lot of things right there, depending on what the injury is, of course. But that's going to limit you on what you can do. Now you got to figure out how to navigate around that. I would say that the best answer for, for pretty much anything is obviously if you can afford it, get a, get a qualified trainer who knows True. what they're doing. Yeah. And I say qualified because I think back when I started as a competitor and I said, mm-hmm. I want to compete. I did the exact same thing. Or should I say my trainer did the exact same thing? Well, we need to grow your chest. We need to grow your legs. Right. Grow. And so we're going to have a chest day. We're going to do arm day. We're going to do shoulders. We really need to build this out. And they got so hyper-focused that I never even trained or learned shoulder stability keep your shoulders back and protracted, mm-hmm. you know, don't let the traps in you. Like all those things that you have as I'm learning now, I'm having to go back and redo like the basics. Over. <laughs> it is. It's, and it's embarrassing to some degree, frustrating more so than anything yeah. because you think, wow. It, I mean, for guys like us, people don't look at either one of us and say, yeah, they have, they have problems, you know, keeping their shoulders in proper positioning. I guarantee you that's not anything they say. They're going to say, wow, they're really fit. Wow. They're really in shape. That's actually my biggest problem. My traps and my shoulders of where they're positioned when I do lifts. Because we were never trained which muscles to fire and which ones Mm -hmm. to intentionally not fire. Um, And when you train chest, what is the muscle you're solely focusing on? Chest. Yeah. Right, you don't think keep your rhomboids and your traps mm-hmm. engaged, shoulders back protracted. Use your you lats gotta, to you stabilize. You got to have your arms in a certain position too. You don't want them too far up. You know, there's a 
Exactly. There's a sweet spot to everything. Exactly. And again, to your point uh, about, okay, you know, what are we training for? If it's strength or size, that's going to depend on, well, if I'm strength, I'm bringing my elbows down because that's the most optimal place for the load to go. Mm -hmm. If I'm training for size, I'm going wide, I'm lessening my weight. So those are going to be some variations of how you would approach that. But you always want to start out if you are just getting on to the fitness bandwagon. Always start off with full body and you want to do that roughly two to three times a week. I don't care whether you have seven days a week or you only have two days a week. You still want to do it two to three days a week. My recommendation is two to three days a week and don't worry about anything else in between. If you want to stretch, if you want to do yoga, if you want to do some cardio, that's fine. But don't, don't feel like it's a must have. As far as resistance training is concerned, you've got to get past the point where two to three days a week of doing full body work has gotten you sore and you're no longer really for the most part responding to that. And from a responding sense of resistance training, you should, you should see continuous strength gain. So if you're doing body weights, you should be able to do more repetitions each time yeah. before you're gassed. Yeah. All right. You should be able to progress better. So if you're on assisted pushups on your knees, you should be able to get up onto your toes. If you can't do pushups on your toes, you don't need to be under a bench doing bench press, <laughs> you know, basic, simple stuff. If you can't do a full range of motion, body weight squat, you don't need to be stacking on weight above and beyond that, whether that's a kettlebell, whether that's a dumbbell, whether it's a barbell, you've got to get really good at the basic mechanics. And the best way to do that is doing full body stuff, activating every muscle in the body. And we're only talking maybe a handful of sets per. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a lot. Yeah. We're not talking even like four sets. I'm thinking, you know, for the most part, if you're really getting in, depending on how diverse your plan is one to two sets. And what I mean by that is if you're doing, um, if you're doing starting off with no injuries and you're able to do things like pushups and you're able to do things like body weight Mm -hmm. squats, and you can do maybe some overhead press shoulder presses with, um, you know, some light dumbbells and stuff, then you can probably do three to four sets of each of those. But if you're the person that's jumping on the row of machines and hitting each individual body part, each individual muscle, I would say maybe one to two sets per is where you start off. And then you want to increase above and beyond that. So the next progression after, you know, full body two to three times a week, would be splitting and you break into upper body, lower body. Mm-hmm. So what? So if you were going to do upper body, lower body, what are some some ideas that you would implement right off the bat that would be gross motor movements? So multiple joints, multiple movements, as opposed to isolating muscle. What would you do for like legs? What would be some examples that you would use? I'd do squats. Squats. I mean, and deadlifts as well. Deadlifts. You can hit those. Um, one of my one of my favorite things I started doing, I mean not recently but a while ago, was stiff leg deadlifts. Stiff leg deadlifts. Or the uh, what do you call that other one? Rack pulls. Rack pulls. Yep. Okay. Those it's like a deadlift, but your movement's only maybe, shorter range. It's a shorter range, and you're actually the bar is just below your knees. Right. You know that's probably one of my favorite ones, but. Um, and th- with those, you can load a lot more weight because your range of motion is right. shorter. Um, you gotta, as, be, you gotta be careful though. Cause if you're not used to that and when I first got introduced to that, I wasn't used to it. And you know, I, I get three fifteen on that thing and I'm doing it and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> my yeah. lower, my lower back said something to me and, uh, <clears throat> I was, what did it say? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> for the next, I bet for a week, man, I was messed up, you know, cause I wasn't used to it and I went too heavy. I should, yeah. 
I should have progressed into it, getting used to that that motion and that movement, and it was it was bad. You get the ego lift, well, guys. And guys that's exactly what do. it was. That's exactly what it was. I'm like. Oh, this is easier like this because I'm not going as far. But then you know, I was obviously I had proper form, but because you know it was hitting, it was targeting the area I was trying to target, but I just wasn't ready for it. Some of the some women are, are prone to ego lifting, but it wait, is wait, it is statistically me a greater. Woman? No, 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 no. Because oh, I was talking about myself, and you're like, yeah, yeah, some women. No, no, no. no. Say <laughs> what I was saying is almost. I would say almost every guy falls yeah. prey to ego lifting at some yep. point. It's just who we are. Um, most. I, I'm not going to even use the word most. Women are far less likely. To mm-hmm. have that, like, if you were to hand us five pound dumbbells, you'd be like, "What in the world are you talking about?" You hand a woman five pound dumbbells, they kind of take it as natural. There may be some women who are like, "Uh," yeah. and, and sometimes that is something where they progress into ego lifting, whereas guys almost immediately start with ego lifting. Yes. it just happens we because see it all the time, every day. Yeah, we we do we peacock in the gym, we mm-hmm. flare, we do. It's just yep. what what we do. It's a, a flaw, if you will. But I would say. Always focus on longest and greatest range of motion is, mm-hmm. is what is going to give you the greatest strength gains and size gains. Getting into shorter range of motions, uh, even though you're loading heavier, is not going to be as advantageous as doing longer range of motions. Right. But it can be good for overloading the central nervous system. Mm-hmm. It can be good for um, you know other things. If we're talking about progressing from one to the next, we'll stick with, you know, body, even if you increase weight, but sticking with squats. So your right. leg days, um, I would incorporate even things like leg press because now you're talking multiple yep. joints there as well. Hack squat also. Hack squat. Yep. Hack squat tends to be a little bit more difficult for the beginner who's never done well, it. Yeah, yeah. Leg press tends to be um, safer. Uh, and I would, I would definitely recommend if you had to pick between the two well, leg press for sure, leg press, yeah. because it, you, you feel more in control. You're stabilized better mm-hmm. hack squat. You have to really have great knee and hip stability. Uh, I would say great. You just have to have the right knee well, and the hip positioning stability. of your feet on the hack squat makes, makes a, a big difference. Huge. And, uh, lunges, mm-hmm. uh, Bulgarian split squats, anything that you're using multiple joint movements in the exact same time, right. that's going to be, again, a gross motor movement. Those are going to be the things that you want to focus on very early on. If you're just now starting, don't go in and say, well, I'm going to jump on the quad machine or I'm going to jump on the hamstring machine. You're missing out on major stuff because guess what? While you're t- taking a set for quads and a set for hamstrings, Squats are going to hit all that and then some. Leg yep. press is going to hit all that and then some. Yep. Um, so, and you can load it a lot heavier. So, your response for both strength and size gains is going to be greater from those. For upper body uh, pull ups, yep. uh, I would say upper body, the best one, you know, the most basic and the best ones, in my opinion, bench press and pull ups. Yep. And that can be flat bench, bench press, incline bench right. press. Yeah, yeah. For beginners, I'd recommend incline mm-hmm. um, because usually that shoulder stability of keeping it protracted. Yeah. I know where my big issue, and I'm just now finally training through it and almost to the finish line of we're good, is when I would extend forward, I would also extend my shoulder forward. Yep. And so my shoulder would come up, my rear delt engages, my my pec disengages, all of that, exactly. Mm -hmm. So incline gives you a better chance of uh, not having to focus on that because the force of gravity automatically protracts you back into that state. So uh, I like incline bench. It's my favorite. Um, Usually people don't like it as much because you can't – 
press as much as you can. So again, that whole ego lifting, but the way you're training, it's just way better. Incline pressing is better for women um, compared to flat bench press Mm -hmm. um, because it'll help lift. And I mean, every woman wants to keep their, you know, you don't want the droops. Exactly. So they want to, they want to keep their breasts up nice, tight, firm. Um, Whether you have implants or not, that's going to give you that lift. Um, I almost, I I can't tell you the last time I ever did a a decline. That was back in high school. I just don't decline press. There's all, there's well, zero never, benefit, yeah. almost zero benefit. Well, to you it. get more shoulder work out of it than chest. Exactly, and now you're now you're talking about keeping your shoulders protracted and down. Well, now the force of gravity plus the it's weight. Even worse. Yeah. yeah. So best thing for the, your lower chest is the uh, the dips. Yes, and I think. Yeah. Well, and uh, so even just doing a flat bench is going to hit the lower yeah. pec the the exact same way and probably even better mm-hmm. than you would on a decline anyway. So the decline is is again it's mainly triceps for mm-hmm. most people the way yep. they they press it and it and so, um, but again so we're talking upper body lower body here is where you know again using a seven day week two you know two lower body two upper bodies. Right. There's really not a need to do three and three at this point, because if you're in the upper body, lower body phase, um, you don't need to be in there six days a week. Your body's still adjusting. It's still growing. It needs that Mm -hmm. rest. Um, the final progression that you see for most people, the final, you know, big industry progression that has a lot of science behind it. And a lot of research is the, um, push pull legs method. And what that means is legs are still leg day. So everything you do on leg day and lower body, you're still doing, you know, but you would do that twice a week. Mm -hmm. And then you do a pull day. So a pull day is going to be anything that obviously, as it says, is pulling, which is usually your back movements, your bicep movements, anything in that form or fashion. And then your push days is usually what you're pushing. So that's going to be shoulder training, usually triceps and chest. And so you can join them all those together because usually when you're doing a chest movement, for the most part, you're going to incorporate at least the front delt. In some case, you're going to have some stability with the medial and the rear delt. And of course, if it's a an actual push as opposed to a fly, you're engaging your triceps. Engaging when the you're triceps. Yep. So you've already pre-activated your shoulders and triceps. So usually you would do your your chest focus movements, your presses, mm-hmm. your flies, and then you'd finish off with like your triceps and shoulder isolated movements after that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with your pull days, you'd do back and then bring in your biceps at the end of it. Yep. Now, and those would be two days a piece each. So now you're at six days a week with one, you know, usually considered a rest, rest day, day, stress, stretch day, active rest day. Um, and that's usually the, the progression. Now that does not necessarily mean that if you're going from upper body, lower body into push pull legs, that now it's, you know, mandatory that you do, you know, legs, push, pull, legs, push, pull six days a week. You could say, well, I can still only make it in three or four days a week. Well, great, cool. Legs, push, pull. My recommendation is if you're having to pick another one to duplicate, always start with legs as your duplicator. It's going to give you way more activation across your full body because squats, deadlifts, incorporate more than just the lower body, Mm -hmm. even though those are the things that are usually most contracting, especially in deadlifts, you've got your lats, highly focused, engaged core. So anything that activates a larger amount of muscle fibers is going to uh, uh, um, signal a greater testosterone response. So for muscle growth and strength, you need that whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Right. So that's where I would go. Now, that being said, Ben and I have each had different 
split routines that we've tried and we've played with over the times and some are good some are some are better than others some are not so good what would you say is probably the worst split routine that you played around with and felt like ah I, and, and therefore is no longer in your repertoire kind of funny because i still keep all of them in my repertoire really yeah. so you just kind of from time to time you like that occasionally fusion yeah occasionally i'll I, I like to mix it up a lot but occasionally i'll you know like i'll do a four one you know like a leg day like basically so sometimes i'll do like one body part a week then there's other times i'll do legs twice a week maybe chest twice a week. i just i really mix mine up a lot um Especially ever since I started training with Jay, you know, especially the legs twice a week because he got me onto that. Because before, before that, I never had a split like that. Like I just did legs once a week, and sometimes I hated legs so much I didn't even do them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's but, the story of most yeah. most people. But then when guys I start, and girls, yeah, when I started learning the importance of that, though, then I'm like, okay, you know, like one week I'll do it one once a week. Next time I'll do it twice. And I, I like my splits are always mixed up. They've always they always have been, except when I first started getting into it. You know, I didn't do anything, I didn't do things the right way, but, you know, I, I just, you know, back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, that's all it was, was chest day, back day, shoulder day, arm day, or bicep day, tricep day, you know, it was all broken down into one, you know. Yeah, I remember that. We had, uh, when I was doing, doing competition training, we had legs once a week. Yeah. You had mm-hmm. chest, back, uh, shoulder day, and then arm day. And I look back at them like, man, you know, yes, I saw progress, but I was starting from nothing. So anything was going to give me progress. True. I was really wasting a lot of time isolating that early on, even though, yes, I played football and I did powerlifting and I was a personal trainer. But then five years go by and I didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. That's basically ground zero again. And I needed to be doing gross motor movements, big compound multiple times a week really activating full body stuff so you know i shied away from legs as most guys mm-hmm. do and i might do them once a week yeah now and you had to do them at the beginning of the week because if i was going to do legs on friday i'd never do them exactly i get to the end of the week you had to take the discipline screw that <laughs> now i'm more of legs two to three times a week yeah. and the reason i do the three times a week isn't because i necessarily um, need it from a programming standpoint. It's more of a mentality mm-hmm. of I'm going to get this done. You know, I'm going to get my body used to it. I'm going to adapt to the frequency of it getting hit. Mm-hmm. So that way I don't fear it afterwards. You know, yeah. the, the, the soreness, the, the funny walks and all that, yep. that you get, can't walk up the stairs. Um, one thing I played around with for a while was, okay, I did I, I, the primary muscles were legs, chest, and back. Right. I did each one twice a week, and then I did my ancillary muscles, my secondary muscles, so shoulders, biceps, and triceps. I would split those, and I would do a lot of times people will do like chest and triceps because they're complementary, and then some people would do back and biceps because it's complementary. Mm-hmm. The way I was thinking of it is okay, if I really want to see some growth in these muscles, um, I want to give them their own special day. So just like people do arm day and they do shoulder day, I want to give them their own special day. But I also don't have enough days in the week to do two legs, two chests, two backs. And that goes into two time. Arms. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, all right, how, how can I divide and basically layer these? So what I did was I said, okay, if I'm doing chest day, I'm already activating triceps. Instead of trying to go into a tricep routine where they're already half gassed, 
why don't I move my tricep to my back day? Because mm-hmm. then I can, in some ways, in some back movements, especially when you're talking about, you know, pull downs like this, you're engaging that tricep. So you have a little bit of pre-activation up here. You at can the feel it too point. when you're doing those. So you roll right into, from back into triceps. Well, now my biceps have time to rest. So then I go in the next day and I do legs and I do biceps on my leg day. Mm-hmm. So I would basically kind of get it, you know, hop out of the squat or hop out of the leg press and then do biceps because while my legs are resting, I can hit biceps. And so it would keep my heart rate up, which would be a good calorie burn. Yep. Um, but it also allowed that muscle instead of supersetting it or doing so many things back to back to back to where, where this doesn't have time to rest and, and recoup its energy storage for the next set. This was restoring while this was activating. Mm-hmm. And then I would go on the next day and do chest and then shoulders. And yes, you're activating some shoulders and chest, but I could really isolate out after the fact and get some stuff that hadn't been hit for the most part. And so I tried that for a while. I, I think the biggest gain that I got from that was more of in my legs because I was now doing legs twice a week. Um, I can't necessarily say that I saw anything different from a shoulder, arms, or triceps. And what I I learned from that is I was doing, especially triceps, biceps, medial delt, and rear delt, okay, I was training those in the same fashion as I was training my big muscle groups as far as rep range goes, I was training, you know, 10, 12 reps. And what I learned is that those muscles don't actually respond well to lower reps. They respond a lot better to higher reps. So one of the things I'm doing now is I'm switching over and going 20 to 25 reps. Mm -hmm. And where Jay wants me at now is he wants me doing uh, biceps and triceps every day. Every day, five days a week. But just one or two exercises? Just basically one um, or, or yes, one or two trying to stay under four sets total. Okay. Getting in activation. That's for both together. No, no, no. Four for, for biceps. One, four for triceps. Yes. Gotcha. And that way, cause you know, the optimal range for most people for muscle growth, as far as sets per week is between nine and 18 for that muscle. Yeah. When you get advanced, you can handle 20, even maybe out to 24 in some cases. So I'm really only overshooting by. By about two, if yeah, I'm doing five days a week, four sets per, or if I do, you know, three sets per, I'm well within that range. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're, and so I'm interested to see where that's going to take me because I've never really been able to break the 15 and a quarter inch mark as far as arms. That's always been my stagnation point, but it's because I haven't really changed the way I've trained them yeah. in a long time. And so that'll be interesting to see where, where that takes us. I was going to say, I guess to answer your question on what's, which one, I guess I don't really use anymore is probably back when I started, like what I just said, you know, when you did the one every day, you know, I have, I guess I really haven't done that. And since then, I guess, you know, when I started learning more for where it, we're at, it would be a step backwards. Yeah. We it, wouldn't it, be well, activating you know, the muscles enough. Even back then too, it was like, you know, guys would be like, all right, you want to do chest and tries this day back and by this day. And then I started learning that you just talked about it when you're doing chest or shoulders, you're using triceps. So if I do all chest workouts and then go into triceps, I've been using my triceps. Now I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be weaker, but I don't think I'm, I'm, I would get the full effect out of it. You know, Correct. same with back and bias. Cause every pulling thing you're using your biceps. So then you go right into biceps after back. I mean, and people still do it these days, but for me, I don't, it doesn't work for me. You know? Well, when you consider what causes muscle growth, the number one determining factor is load. Yeah. How much weight can it carry? Now, again, some muscles, 
right? And, and even so, I mean, the more weight you can do at 20 to 25 reps on your biceps and triceps is going to grow, right? Mm -hmm. But increasing your weight to where now you can only do 10 to 12, they're yeah. not going to respond the way that they should. And they're not going to respond the same way that a, a pec or your quads, your yeah. hamstrings would to that type of stimulus. So you've got to lower the weight, but the moment you can go from, you know, 10 pounds to 15 pounds mm -hmm. and, and in that same rep range, you're going to start seeing growth. In fact, you will have seen the growth, which is what's causing you to up the weight right. anyways. So when you go in and you're already pre fatigued for someone who's not used to pushing past those fatigued moments, not failure fatigue, where you're fatigued, but you still have you a couple still reps go, in the yeah. tank and you, and you're still able to hold good form. Most people aren't able to do that, which is why it's good for them to go ahead and do triceps with chest because they're already pre pre done preloaded and so on and so yeah. forth. When you get to a point that you've be, you know progressed beyond that, separating the two out and saying, okay, I got triceps. They got kind of a little bit of a work they were involved, but I'm going to really hammer them over here, but mm -hmm. I want full, I, I don't want to start at 50% fatigue. I want to start at ground zero right. and build from there and really hit what I can doing a separate day where you allocate those for those is going to give a great stimulation for that as well. So I like that idea about a few sets of arms every day. I think I'm going to try that. Yeah, that's, that's what he has me on. And again, you know, I've, never, I've, I've never tried it. I've never I'm on the path of, of stepping on stage next year. Still haven't decided if it's going to be spring, summer or fall. It really just depends on how long it takes me to get through this shoulder mobility, locking it in, which we've come a long ways. Mm -hmm. uh, core activation has come a long way yeah. just stabilization in general. So, um, I'm excited to see where, where this takes us. So hopefully this has been beneficial for everyone. Uh, feel free. If you've got any questions, uh, hit us up on our Instagram page, uh, fitness lounge podcast, or shoot us an email at podcast at the fitness lounge. And until next time, keep, keep crushing, Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. Listen, we love connecting with our listeners, so if you have any questions or topic requests, please email them to podcast at thefitnesslounge.net. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fitness Lounge Podcast for more updates, tips, and content. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at FitnessLounge3. We are excited to take this wonderful journey with you, and we'll see you next time here at the Fitness Lounge.